There's a story of an old man who used to meditate early every morning on the, under a big tree on the banks of the Ganges River. One morning after he had finished his meditation, the old man opened his eyes and he saw a scorpion floating helplessly in the water. And as the scorpion was washed uh, closer to the, the tree uh, where he was, the old man quickly stretched himself out on one of the long branches, reaching over the river, stretched down to rescue the drowning creature. As soon as he touched it, the scorpion stung him, and instinctively he pulled back his hand. A minute later, when he'd regained his balance, he stretched himself out again on the branch to save the scorpion. This time the scorpion stung him so badly with its poisonous tail that his hand became swollen and bloody and his face contorted with pain. At that moment, uh, a passerby who saw what was happening shouted over, Hey, are, are you mad? What's wrong with you? Only a fool would risk his life to save an ugly, evil creature. Don't you realize that you could kill yourself trying to save this ungrateful scorpion? The old man turned slowly to the stranger, looked him in the eye and said, My friend, just because it's the scorpion's nature to sting, that doesn't change my nature to save. Tonight, as we read about, sing about, and reflect on the death of Jesus Christ, we're keeping company with the one who died praying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. For Jesus, the scorpion that he had come to save finally killed him. The passers-by who stretched out, who saw him stretching out on the tree, they questioned him for giving his life for these ugly, ungrateful creatures. And to them he replies, My friend, just because it's fallen humankind's nature to wound, that doesn't change my nature to forgive. I'd like to talk for a few short moments this evening about the forgiving nature of God. I'd like to talk about what this forgiveness is, how it's been won, and who it's for. What is forgiveness? Well, when we forgive somebody an injury, an offense, or a debt, we're saying that we don't need any payment to settle the matter. If I ask you to repay a debt that you have to me, that would be the opposite of forgiving the debt. Whenever we're repaid for something that's been lost to us or an injury that we've experienced, then there's no need for forgiveness because we have our due. So forgiveness assumes grace. If you injure me, grace lets it go. I don't sue you, I forgive you. Grace gives someone what they don't deserve, and that's why forgiveness has the word give in it. Forgiveness is something we must give to another. It's not getting even. It's, it's giving away the right to get even. It's one of those heartwarming words, isn't it? Forgiveness. 
we love the idea that we're forgiving people and that the world is a forgiving place, but there's a problem with that. We, we know intuitively that there are times when forgiveness isn't enough. We don't really see it in, in small matters. So if you bump into me in the aisle at Tesco and I say, don't worry about it, that's okay. In, in fact, I, I hope that that's normal. But if you think for a moment about the, the bigger wrongs, like murder or rape, our society, even our universe, it can't hold together if our judges or even God himself simply say to every murderer or rapist, don't worry about it. It's not what those Nuremberg courts felt inclined to say those they found guilty of the actions of the Holocaust. Even if the victim has a forgiving spirit, the state cannot forsake justice. We need to remember this if we ever want to understand our God, because more than any judge or any court or any state, he is perfect in a searing kind of a way. Every sin is a serious affront to his perfection. So whenever we ignore him or disobey him, then we're undermining the great glory at the heart of the universe. God's justice doesn't allow him to set us free any more than a human judge can simply ignore the debts that a criminal owes to society. If we're to go free, if we're to be forgiven, then there must be a way of upholding God's honor and justice, even though the perpetrators are being set free. This is what God does for us in Jesus Christ. He forgives us. This is what it means when we say that it's God's nature to forgive. He's a God who finds a way to forgive. Now that we've remembered what forgiveness really is, we, we need to think about that second question. How? How's our forgiveness been won? Well, by God's grace, our forgiveness was won that first Good Friday in the death of Jesus Christ. That is why he suffered and died. Paul tells the Ephesians in the opening chapter of his letter, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Forgiveness cost us nothing. And that's why we talk about grace. But it cost Jesus everything. And that's why we talk about it tonight, this night when he, we remember him giving his life. But there's still a how question. How does Jesus dying on the cross allow God to forgive? I recently read an illustration in the writings of, of Watchman Nee, the famous Christian church leader, Chinese church leader of the 20th century. Uh, and he said, if I put a dollar bill between the pages of a magazine and then burn the magazine, where's the dollar bill? It's gone the same way as the magazine. It's gone to ashes. 
Where one goes, the other goes too. Their history becomes one. Well, this is what God does with us. He puts us in Christ. Whatever happens to Jesus has also happened to me. So whenever Jesus dies on the cross for sin, I die in him. Whenever Jesus is raised from the dead by the power of God, that same power gives me new life. From now on, as I trust in him, I am in Christ. That's what the New Testament writers talk about. This new life we have in Jesus. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. Isn't that amazing? Tonight, we're thinking of the death of Jesus Christ, but if we're with Jesus, it's our death to sin too. There is no more judgment to fall on us. It's fallen as it fell on him. Forgiveness. We've talked about what it is, how it's won, And finally, who's this forgiveness for? Well, it's for everyone. Absolutely everyone. We've been studying the book of Acts together in church these last uh, few weeks in our morning services. And I've been struck by how eager the early church was to preach forgiveness of sins to everyone they encountered. A few weeks ago, we looked at a passage, Richie led us through it, Paul preaching in Pisidian Antioch to a bunch of mostly religious Jews, and he says, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Earlier in the book of Acts, Peter preached that same message on the streets of Jerusalem. Then he preached it in the house of Cornelius to a Roman centurion. Later in Acts, we're going to see Paul before a king called Agrippa. And does his message change when he's before a king? Not a bit of it. He tells Agrippa that God has sent him to point people to Jesus. Why? So that they might receive the forgiveness of sins. The early church was unequivocal about this. Jesus died to forgive sins. Jesus' death won forgiveness for sin for everyone who would believe. Everyone? Is this forgiveness really for everyone? Even the ones who denied him and betrayed him? Think for a second of the two characters in this Easter story, Peter and Judas. They have a lot in common. They both heard Jesus preaching for those three years. They saw his incredible actions. Both went through the same journey of of excitement and hope, and then of fear and confusion, and finally, I think, disillusionment, probably. As the stakes increased, they both denied their master. But that's where the similarity ends. Judas was unable to come to terms with what he had done. He was unable to receive the forgiveness that God offers us in Jesus Christ. He went down in history 
as the greatest traitor. Peter, humiliated traitor though he was, he managed to stay open to the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. He went on to be restored and to lead a movement of Jesus' followers that ended up reaching right as far as Rome. This forgiveness really is for everyone. No matter how much we've let Jesus down. Some of us here tonight don't believe that his forgiveness really is for us. Some of us believe that it's for some of what has been going on in our lives and is going on in our lives, but it's not for all. We've, we have limits around the, the scale and the scope of the forgiveness of Jesus. Jesus' forgiveness is for everyone, no matter how much we have let Jesus down. Shusaku Endo, the Japanese Christian novelist, wrote a novel in 1966 entitled Silence. And it's come back to the, the public eye a wee bit because Martin Scorsese made uh, a movie and released it just a few months ago starring Liam Neeson. Shusaku tells the story of Japanese Christians who recanted their faith under the persecution of the shoguns. Endo had read a lot of thrilling stories about Christian martyrs, but he hadn't read any about Christian traitors. Well, of course he hadn't. We don't seem to write those stories. But for Endo, the most powerful message of Jesus is that he loves us even when we deny him. When Jesus leads the mob to the garden to, what is it Jesus calls him? He calls him friend. When the other disciples deserted him, he still loved them. When his own people crucified him, when he stretched on the cross in agony and disgrace, he roused himself to cry, Father, forgive them. The old man on the banks of the Ganges, he says, just because it's in a scorpion's nature to sting, that does not change my nature to save. Our Father God says, just because it's in humanity's nature to turn against me, that can't ever change my nature to forgive. Today's the day, this Good Friday, the day when God does it and wins our forgiveness for us. And that's why we call it good.